Thanks for downloading the Nightcap Series 4, sponsored by Guzborns. More on them later when we grab ourselves a drink. We are so delighted to be back for Series 4. With COVID and all the various challenges the industry has faced in getting things up and running over the last year, we've been gone for way longer than we wanted to. Uh, But nevertheless, we are back with eight more episodes and with some great guests lined up for you. Some of these episodes were recorded at the back end of 2021, some were more recent, but we wanted to leave all the content in there for you to enjoy regardless. Remember, for more content and videos, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the nightcap underscore pod and subscribe now to our YouTube channel where for the first time we will be putting up every episode of the series for you to watch if you'd rather see our rosy cheeked faces. Enjoy! Welcome to The Nightcap. It's life behind the Michelin star yet again. Late night lock-in here where we candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. We are sat upstairs at Salt. It's just gone 10 o'clock at night. We're in Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. Service is wrapping up downstairs. Let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander. I'm a podcaster, producer and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, Michelin star head chef of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing? All right, yeah? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. And our chef, uh, guest chef today is uh, Michelin Star Head Chef, GBM and Brummy legend, Mr. Glenn Purnell. How you doing, mm-hmm. mate? Well, thank you for the humble announcement. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest I've got this new silk scarf. I feel a little bit like Fred from You're... fucking Scooby-Doo. If I'd be quite fucking frank with you. You're pulling it off. You are thank absolutely you. pulling oh, it off. the scarf, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the scarf. And the scarf. Yeah, no foreskin in that. <laughs> now, uh, uh, without sparing your blushes, Paul, you came mm. up here absolutely buzzing about the food tonight. You yeah, were, absolutely stunk him. I've known, known Paul for, for a long time and mm. I've never eaten here because I've never had the yeah. time. Yeah, and it was like the perfect storm. So I've had an absolute stunning meal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of real massive highlights. What so, stood out for you tonight? Uh, the beef and the sweetbread with a pairing with the wine. It was mm. an Austrian Josephine. Josephine, yeah, natural yeah. wine. It's beautiful. Yeah. beautiful stunning. That really pairing was, was, was unreal. I saw that photo of that yeah. beef. It insane. Yeah, it's that? the English Wagyu from yeah, yeah, Suffolk. Yeah. Stunning stuff, yeah. And that was, yeah, that was that really, really stood out. That was like, it was the food was great, the wine was great, and the two were just phenomenal. So that was a real Amazing. highlight. And sometimes when you have a tasting menu, the main course can be a little bit mm. insipid and a bit like, well, you've had all, you, we've shown you what we can do. Yeah, yeah. Here's a piece of meat and some gravy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. sometimes, sometimes you know, as, as a chef myself, I think to myself, wow, well, we've, We've we've done all the fireworks, you know. Yeah, just give them a slice point. of fucking rare beef and they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get that you get that pairing for me. Yeah. And as a restaurant uh, chef, restaurateur, because obviously as you get older, you you drop the crossed arms and the frowned face and stop being angry and realise that you're not just a chef, yeah. you're a restaurateur. And to have the two, the marriage with wine and the food, come together at the same level. Mm. That's when you know you're doing the job properly. Uh, nice. Yeah, exactly. Is that so something great. that you think it took you a little bit later in life to learn then? Did you sort of disregard, not disregard, but take yeah. less value in the wine side of, in the pairing side of things? I, I think so, because what we do as chefs is we, we you want to be a common chef. You see Marco with his, you know, his, his really sort of scruffy hair, stubble, shout at people. You think, oh, I want to be that man. Yeah, and yeah. then you realise that, you know, food is so amazing and the whole concept of restaurant is so much better than that. You realise yeah. that being a grumpy chef, thinking it's all about that that testosterone, <laughs> to realise actually 
you know, the kitchen, the front face, an extension of what the kitchen should be. So yeah. you, should, you should be bringing that back in. So you sort of understand and realize that you have to be more than just a chef. And I think that dish and that wine pairing was exactly that. And that is what's happening to Paul. Yeah, you reach a level of maturity, don't you? Where you you start looking at the bigger picture. Yeah, and I started doing anyway. But when you own a restaurant, you 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 have to do it, whether you want to or not. You really do. You spend less time in the kitchen, not being away, but thinking about the restaurant and the wines. And you get people in that are better than you. Like Jack knows wine better than me, so I'm not going to tell him and dictate him. He deals with that. Trust him. I deal with the food with the team. Yeah, and it's a good marriage. Yeah, not fighting each other. Yeah, and also there's that sense of education, you know. So, so is it Jack? Jack, yeah. So he's educating Paul. Yeah, yeah. Not only about the wine, but also he's slightly educating without treading on his toes about his own food. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. you can you can put your blinkers on and you can think, um, you know, that's the perfect dish, and then you've got someone that's in your team, remember? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's on your side. Mm-hmm. He's not criticizing you because he wants to be better than you. He's criticizing or he's, he's adding his input to to make your dish better, to make the yeah. customer's experience it, even you've more. You've got to have a certain amount of humility to accept that. You can't yeah. be stubborn as a chef and I know yeah. best. It's all about what I want. Yeah. You've got to accept that. It's the only way you're going to improve. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah, yeah love it. Maybe Manchester United manager should fucking listen. I don't oh, know. dude, you're killing me. <laughs> I'm a Birmingham City fan. What do I know about football? I mean, I, I'm a United fan. For the first time, I wish I was a Birmingham City fan. You fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually only 27. <laughs> oh, man, love it. Okay, right. Today, we're going to be talking about a bit about Birmingham, actually. We're going to be talking about the culinary scene through the years and Glenn's new venture coming up in Henley and Arden. We're going to take some of your questions you've sent us via the Nightcap Twitter and Instagram pages, and we'll do Boiling Point, Cowboy Stories, Cooking Hacks, all the usual stuff. But first, this is, of course, a Nightcap. We are once again for Series 4, opening a beautiful bottle of Gusborne's finest every episode, award-winning English sparking wine. You can visit their website now, gusborne.com, see which of their very special vintage releases you want to purchase and enjoy at home all with free uk mainland delivery no minimum order required paul we've got a very special one tonight i believe well yeah this this is what we don't actually have this on the list um it's uh their brute reserve so it's more of a classic champagne style um, oh, so it's three grapes classic champagne grapes so pinot noir chardonnay pinot meunier um 2015 vintage Lovely, really reasonable. It's their more accessible level of wine, so but still, still, bottle, still, still premium. They've still got bottles of this. They've still got this, yeah. Amazing. yeah. And it's a lovely, nicely, a bit more acidic than a Blanc de Blanc that we normally drink. Uh, but no, it's lovely. Like proper yeah, champagne nice. style. Cheers, yeah. guys. Thanks nice very much. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for coming, Jill. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Mm. Pleasure. Cool. Ah, quaffable. Mm, it is quaffable, yeah. Mm. So delicious. Perfect. Okay, let's get stuck into things then. And Glenn, like, you've... Um, uh, but Birmingham, I feel like, is more on the map now than it's ever been in the UK in terms of not just stars, but its whole food scene in general. And obviously, you've seen, sort of seen it co- go from a one, one or two uh, restaurants having a Michelin star place to where it is today. Mm. I wanted to like talk about those like early years in Birmingham and when you yeah. first were like sort of on the scene. And like, what are they fond memories when you look back at that sort of that time cutting your teeth in Birmingham? Uh, most definitely. I mean, obviously, I'm born and bred. I'm from the uh, from sort of. It was one of the biggest council estates in Europe at one stage really? in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chalmsley Wood, which 
is the dark side of Solihull. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Solihull didn't want it, Birmingham didn't want it, and it just grew into this shithole that brought them both together. To yeah. to, to be uh, and you can say that. Oh, I can there. say that. Of course thing. I can, yeah. because most of the people that would try and beat you up, I went to school with. Um, <laughs> or, mate. Or, or I'd just get them to beat you up. Yeah, no. to go that. Um, no, it, I mean, food for, for me in Birmingham has always had a good food culture, because people say, you know, oh, Birmingham's never had a food culture, Coventry's never had a food culture, or, you know, places that are highly industrial. I mean, like, you know, if it wasn't for Birmingham, we wouldn't have steam trains, we wouldn't have, you know, steam engines. We, you know, we are the centre of the universe when it comes to the nuts and bolts of what's happened around the world. And we had a food culture that was alongside that. It may not have been foie gras and, and truffles, but it certainly mm. was... What you know, was it? What, how would you have defined it, was, it then? Like, what well, was there was the, so Matthew Bolton um, was uh, an industry leader, and he used to make a Birmingham soup, which is almost like a broth, which had bone marrow, had vegetables, and he used to sell it to his workers. Oh. There was a woman that used to used to harvest. Um, I can't remember her name now, but she used to harvest watercress off the canal and used to sell that to the workers and that was some of the only vegetables they eaten because oh, wow. most of the land was quite industrial. I love that it's so, off the canal. Uh, well. so, do, you, do you know what I mean? So, so, yeah. And without the canals, um, you know, the, the world, the, the, the UK wouldn't move. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there wasn't the M6. So much industry went yeah. through that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah so it wasn't, there was no M6. I yeah. mean, you know, you might be going, fucking hell, I'm back to back with longboats here. <laughs> <laughs> or barges, because obviously the Vikings with longboats. Yeah. But I'm just saying, <laughs> fuck me, the Vikings have cut across. Yeah. Um, and it was like, um, there's, 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 just going back to, to, to the name of food and to why Birmingham is so important to the food industry as well as uh, the, you know, the, the, the economics of the country back then after the Second World War is that there's a place called the Banana Warehouse in mm-hmm. Digbeth. Now, I had a meeting there the other day and about a, a different programme that we, we were looking at and um, I thought I knew most things about Birmingham. And I was expecting, because like Digbeth is like the oh, home yeah. of like raves. It's and cool. Yeah, sort of yeah like, it's always you know, been a scene, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And Fetamins and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, know, you could do your own Miami Vice there, just, just <laughs> raiding a couple of the warehouses, <laughs> yeah. if I'll be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah. There's more powder than there is in Johnson's. <laughs> 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 You certainly want that round your nuts for chefs uh, <laughs> during service. Um, and, and like, there's a thing called the banana warehouse, and I was expecting it to be this bright yellow warehouse where people just like just got off their faces for four days, uh-huh. and then they ended up on the side of a milk cart, and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's actually, and after the Second World War, they'd fly the bananas into Birmingham, which was in the centre, mm-hmm. and the bananas were taken to the banana warehouse. And they've got like a whole big massive, the whole warehouse slides across and it goes onto the canal and then the bananas will be loaded and then distributed to the rest of oh, the So go out from That's the centre. Go out from that. So yeah. that, that and, you know, the fact that the PG Tips was based in Birmingham, that the custard factory, oh. yeah. So the, the custard factory... Uh, was was were, a, the, were the monkeys from PG Tips? Were they from there? No, they were from the, the chimps. <laughs> they started wearing shorts and stuff, and they evolved, and then it, then it just they just became the Black Country, you know. So that's that's evolution right there in the sense oh, there's of a, there's a t-shirt in that. There's a, yeah. So so and it's like things like the custard factory, the guy that. His wife loved custard that he designed a powder custard because she was allergic to. Yeah, egg, was that egg, egg birds? Egg was it birds? Yeah, birds. birds. Yeah. So you had that there. You had also had the uh, bluebird toffee. 
that's from Birmingham. You know, I remember years ago, I mean, you're obviously too, too young and good looking. Obviously. Too young and good looking to, to know about that. But Bird's Toffee, at Christmas, you'd get like a, a, a toffee bar and you get a small hammer with it. Wow. And you so like, get a little Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just tuck it and just smash part. And just yeah, 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 just break or, it off. if your little brother leaned out of there, just give him a little... <laughs> 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 yeah, obviously. He's so like, that's for toffee. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... But, but that, again, that was from Birmingham. So we've got lots of... Oh, it's really lots a richer of, heritage than you'd think, then. It is, yeah. Okay, maybe slightly on the industrial level, but it had yeah. that. And when I opened um, Jessica's, was my first... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first first restaurant, first real job in the centre of Birmingham because I worked at the NEC and I worked at Simpsons and then I opened Jessica's after mm-hmm. I worked at Hibiscus and everybody said, what are you opening there for? It, you know, Birmingham isn't ready, uh, you know, whatever. But I remember Claude calling me out into the restaurant a few times and I worked in Ludlow, which is what, 50 minutes away, Paul? Would you yeah, say? about that, yeah. About 50 minutes yeah. And the dining room was full of brummies. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, look at these. I mean, this is Claude. (laughs) (laughs) Look at these. (laughs) Um, Look at these. uh, You know, these are all your potential customers. And I was working, I did stage. I mean, sat, so so I'm going from one story to another one. But sat, um, did stage at Le Charles and Le Sans when he won the Rue Scholarship. Mm -hmm. And I got to know him a fair bit after that stage. And uh, he said to me, it's a great experience. So I went and worked there for three weeks. Oh, wow. And I was in this three-star restaurant in Montpellier, Mm -hmm. uh, Pinot and Onions. And then (laughs) this this waiter said, uh, English, you come with me, come with me. And he took me to the restaurant. He said, they sound like you. Oh, right. (laughs) There's a table of two people from Birmingham in this three-star restaurant in Montpellier. Wow. And it's a case of like, there are customers in Birmingham that want to eat good food. Yeah, yeah. And it was a case of having that confidence. And, That's amazing. And opening it. And, and, and yeah. that was the, for me, was, was, was you know, I never wanted to any, open anywhere else. And, you know, maybe it was a big risk. So when, when people were saying to you, that people, like that classic phrase of, uh, Birmingham's not ready or this pl- blank place this isn't ready what, mm. what what were they meaning did they think you were your food was too outrageous then or, or too overpriced no, like, what were they because like, it hadn't really happened in Birmingham just, before just it needed someone like yourself to take, yeah, I, I th- take I th- the risk yeah I, th- I think people sort of thought of you know then so we're talking about what was that early 2000s mm. it was like people were like why don't you open in Solid Hall Knoll Mm. Affluent um, areas. They know, wanted to go for Orsall just common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenilworth, on the outskirts, where they felt that there was well-heeled people that would, yeah. you know, would wear scarves. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe turn up in the, no. like some sort of mystery van with a talking dog and some ginger bird with a short skirt. I don't know. But, and the waiter um, did it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and old Mister Withers from the amusement park. Um, but like, I think people like. The word fine dining for me is such a dirty word. Because mm. this reminds me of like doilies and pop puree and just like lavender. Faff. Yeah, just lavender. fucking faff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, I think, I think, like, and I think that's when people said Birmingham's not ready. Yeah. Uh, I think because there wasn't enough of that. Yeah, sure. And it was still quite a, it's a young city, Birmingham. It's considering how well it's come on. Mm-hmm. It's still quite a young city in comparison to Manchester and Newcastle and a few other places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as in a developed city. Because um, if you think back to then, at that time when you opened, oh yeah, at Jessica's probably seven or eight times. I yeah. loved it. Did there. you? Oh, wow. Yeah, I went there loads. Was always there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not him again. He was always oh, yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> like no one was doing around that time 
like that high quality food in a not like really luxurious setting yeah, 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 yeah. was kind of unheard yeah. of so that's probably what people meant is like, oh fine dining has to be this yeah, fine yeah, dining yeah. had to be lobster truffle foie gras yeah. and white it has to be white yeah. tablecloths and it was it was about breaking that mold and now no one would bat an eyelid now about no. it yeah, like, right. you can open anywhere well, it sounds almost naive to say but it's funny that it starts with just that one restaurant doing it and now like you say mm. the fact that Carter's and everyone it's just normal it just feels yeah. normal already yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. 20 years ago we wouldn't have got a style of our shit tables and chairs as, yeah, like yeah, would yeah. we you wouldn't you wouldn't get judged you, you you feel that you'd have been judged with your curtains your tables mm. your you yeah know, all the superficial stuff and also the yeah. size of the pickle the waiter's ass would have been, <laughs> would have been probably measured <laughs> saying we're in the wrong place sweetheart the waiter hasn't been fucking rude to me yet yeah. <laughs> so it's, wow. it's 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 that relaxed respect for food good wine and company which has really gone through through i think over the last sort of 15 maybe well that's 10 it's really accelerated yeah. with that casual you know i've had a chicken wing today mm. yeah we, we luckily was, we got some of it as well uh, uh, it was and, unreal Are you eating it with your hands yeah yeah exactly I mean, you imagine that 20 years ago they oh, go and God. here is your chicken wink <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck off yeah. where's my life for? are you the people's front of you dear fuck off <laughs> <laughs> fucking proper proper yeah. life of Brian style <laughs> but like you had that and you had truffle on it and you had a good wine to go with it and it was like this is great food yeah absolutely and there's no snobbery now yeah because you see the chef serves what he believes he's the right thing to serve yeah, yeah. for the clientele he's got and for the new clientele he's trying to bring in, uh-huh. which makes it exciting and interesting. Do you look at the dining public now, like the amount of youngsters we get in? You know, when I was yeah. 18 to 25, I was I spent my money just going out and getting wrecked and on the set. Yeah, and, going to, yeah now I, I would never have... Fuck all's changed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to sound good here. <laughs> Fuck all's changed. Can you just pick Paul up, Simon, please? Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, get, get, we'll get groups of young lads in yeah, yeah, yeah. that aren't in the industry I'd have only done that with my chef mates but with my yeah. mates unheard of but yeah, now yeah. people do it's it's not always it's not about the upper class eating out like it used to be yeah. everyone does it reminds me of what literally what Alex James was saying to us about how he what's happening in this era of chefs is like what happened to rock stars in mm. the 80s and 90s where mm. You know, you could start up a brand new food brand and go to a food market and have people trying you stuff that was a over-commercialised music. This yeah. is the era for chefs and for yeah. the industry. Like, it's just so easy yeah. to, not so easy to, but you've got that liberation. Yeah. Just doing what yeah. you want to do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. At, at the beginning of then, you know, opening Jessica's, that sort of thing, did you feel an onus to have Birmingham on the plate as well? Or, or were you mm. already such a big point of difference anyway with the style of food you were doing that it didn't really matter? <laughs> uh, I like, to be fair, I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Birmingham. It's obviously mm. where I'm from and all the rest of it. And, yeah, and I, I I got given when I was thirteen or fourteen, uh, record of achievements. You remember that record of achievement? You might be yeah. school, you know? in the burgundy yeah. folder. That's the one with yeah. gold rim on it and stuff. Yeah, so wanky. What's your five year plan? Yeah. <laughs> Staying out of prison. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan yeah. Coming out of prison. Depends <laughs> if my brief can get me off. Um, and it was like, and I wrote uh, something down, and because I'm so passionate about the city. Um, and I've always tried to include it into my food, not on purpose, but it naturally happens anyway, because I think you will always cook within the DNA you've been brought up with or the style of food you've been taught. So I've always felt that way. 
Yeah. Um, and I wrote in the record of achievements, and I've still I looked at it before I left the house. Actually, there's so many spelling mistakes in it, and if I wrote <laughs> it again, it'd probably be more spelling. Right. <laughs> it was like you know, I want to open a restaurant in Birmingham, which I call town. Um, I want all the rich people and business people to eat my in the restaurant. I want people to come to Birmingham to taste my food. And that was my goal when I was 13 years old. Wow. And at 47, it still is my goal. So when I created the food, being sort of French classically trained, I used the French sort of mentality and some of the style of that. But I, I most definitely dragged a lot of my experience and my natural food love mm-hmm. from the, the, the I call it the center of the universe. So from the center of the universe, yeah, that's nice. what I, you know. I did so. My mum loved honeycomb. She called it cinder toffee. Mm-hmm. That was on the menu. There was that's lots amazing. of offal on the menu, and that was because of what I was fed when I was mm. younger and sort yeah. of understood and enjoyed. And you grow that confidence as a, as, as a chef that you cook what you like to eat that you want people to taste because yeah. you like it you know mm. it sounds so simple but it's sort of mm. the writer's equivalent when they say write what you know don't overthink yeah. it it's almost basically what you're describing there yeah. it's just well Most that's the stuff my mum loved that's what I ate that's what I love and my dad yeah. my yeah. dad um, my dad was quite an adventurous girl my dad's from Stetchford and he met my mum in a curry house my mum's from Worcester oh, so great she probably had dungarees and a piece of straw hanging out of her mouth. <laughs> um, so my dad's gone over. He looks a bit like Magnum, my dad did. Right. Nice. Probably one of these skills. So she hopes <laughs> He's gone over. He spotted my mum a few times because my mum's sister married a Brummie. So right. she used to come to Worcester. She used to come to Birmingham because there was nothing in Worcester. Yeah. Uh, my dad went over there. Uh, a couple of times and said, uh, and my mum was eating an omelette in a curry house. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't get curry anywhere else in, in the country other yeah, than, yeah. Other than, than real, the Midlands, really. Yeah, of course. And uh, my dad's gone, you want to try something a bit more exotic? <laughs> but in a, in, in a, not in American accent, obviously. Yeah, but like, and then, and then, but, but that sort of went on, not the sleaziness, but <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the enthusiasm for the style of cooking. So my dad saw, um, Madame Jaffrey, he bought a spice rack and he made his own curries, but only on the weekend because my mum cooked the staple food. Right, and yeah, that yeah. had a massive effect on the way I cook. So then my dad bought a wok. Wow. My dad bought a wok. So, you're still, so in the week it would be meat and two veg meals. Yeah, yeah. So and like, then yeah. exotic stuff on the weekends. Yeah, so my dad bought a wok. Like, like, any, my dad bought this wok. And then that talk of the street. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, you've got colour like tape at TV. Yeah, he's got a wok. So, so, so he bought this wok, right? And there wasn't like woks now, where woks are flat at the bottom and they've got induction and stuff. This oh, was, they're completely like round. Proper so, one, cast iron if, one, like, if yeah. You turn, if you had the wrong surface, it wouldn't actually oh, stay upright, yeah. But if you, didn't, if, you didn't look at, if you didn't look at it for three seconds, it'd fucking rust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so my dad's got this wok, a wok and you like put it on the gas, they put it on the electric cooker. We have this mini electric cooker mm. with four little hops. If you turned his back, you just roll onto the floor. So we had to hold it all the time. While he was trying to do a stir fry. Wow. Then he turned the heat down because it was too smoky. But, you know, and then you realised it should be hot then. Yeah. I went to. I got made a professor at the university UCB. Wow. And my dad's got quite a bit of a. Well, he's more of dad. He's, he's more dad and granddad now. So he's got more of a round. Got daddy. it. Fine. And I told this. Uh, I told one of the the the, the, the well healed people overdressed at the, what, this event. <laughs> and I invited my mum and dad because I thought they'd be proud because mm-hmm. sure. I didn't leave school with any qualifications. Oh, um, wow. And uh, he's gone up to me. And the guy's gone. Oh, you must be Mister Pernell to my dad. And he's gone. Uh, I said, Oh yeah, it's easy. Oh. I believe you uh, you had a walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. 
What, you fucking say all day? Where is he on? He said, yeah. I said, yeah, I have a wok. He said, do you still use the wok? And he says, yeah, only to wear my fucking shirts. <laughs> so so that, 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 that sort of, uh, that ethnic sort of food flavour and culture really was brought into our house wow. in the sort of the mid, sort of mid 80s. Mm. And then that sort of really sort of carried on through the way I like to cook. That's amazing. Was it, so was it always like stir fries? A stir fry, it, yeah. Would you look forward to them as kid to those yeah, meals as kids? You'd all yeah. be like well into it. Oh, yeah, like nice. and like my dad bought a Ken Humbuck and you know, then he had a sari on. I thought to myself, this is going too fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like he 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 sort of like all my friends would come round on Saturday. Wow. Going, Whoa, are you having curry again? I've only had curry twice in my life. <laughs> and uh, and the, the other time then it was like um, the guy with a bowler hat on, you know, what's his name? Oh, the um, oh, I know the one you mean. Mother's yeah, Pride, Home yeah, Pride, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I know the one you mean. So you put it in there. You got like, um, you know, you might as well put it into into a tart case. Call it a mince pie. There's that much fucking fruit in it. <laughs> so do you know, like you get the, the raisins in it, the diced yeah. pineapple, and that's the only thing that cur- people had curry over sweet and fruit based. Yeah. But my dad really sort of took took a grip on how to make a proper curry just oh. through watching. Madame Jaffrey and Ken Ham. So that was a massive influence. That's um, incredible. And it's still, it still is really. Yeah, it yeah. really still is, yeah. That's amazing. Did you, like with Kov, I don't know whether you've spoken, I know we talked about the pub, obviously, where you sort of like, grew up, but do you ever feel attached to dishes from childhood that you then wanted to re- Not like, really. do again? Or? Only, only ones, my mum, my dad had one of those woks as well. And the only yeah. dinner he ever cooked was spaghetti bolognese. He <laughs> cooked it in the wok. In the wok? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, just that's that was class. his thing. It was all he could cook, and it was a jar of sauce. It was minced. It quickly stir fry. Yeah. Jar of sauce, and he'd just fucking stay with it. He was doing no work. Like, no. <laughs> but it was delicious. Was it was. Yeah, it was. At the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he always used to fart when he'd doing it, and that was his special ingredient. That's what he always said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, the foster yeah. ingredient. So he's like, a, it was in front of Heston with that, using uh, flavours from the sea, it was flavours from, from the underpants. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was on edge. Yeah, he was on yeah, edge. But that was his dish. But he called it spaghetti bolognese, but it was always shells. Always shells, but it was called spaghetti bolognese. But it was Brilliant. always the Always the shells, the, the yeah. yeah. And then, no, my mum did most of the cooking and she did the food in the pubs and she made a lovely steak and owl pie. That was oh, one that always stuck with me. Yeah, that. yeah, that always takes me back. There's no other dishes than that, really. They're the two that just, just stayed yeah. with me. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we used to get takeout a lot. I'd sneak downstairs when I was about 10 into the pub when they'd be having to stay back. Mm. I'd be like, I hope they're getting a curry because there's amazing curry outs around the back. And all the locals would be locked yeah, in. Yeah, in Hillsdon. Yeah, and then all the locals. And then we'd go and get a chicken tikka naan oh, or like a madras or something. Oh, yeah, mate, nice. Three in the morning, your 10-year-old's up with a <laughs> load of pissed up boozers eating I mean, curry. Right. I learned a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and like it's continued on. And I think if that happened now, you probably would be in some sort of social care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, have, or, or yeah. have completely orange fingers yeah. <laughs> one or the other one or the other for sure oh, we've yeah. been live streaming your experience yeah. probably at 3am as a 10 year old um, so when uh, so going on from the, those first dishes getting the star you know so is it Jessica's mm. at, at the time yeah it was Jessica so um, you know uh Open Jessica's had just, I'd worked for Claude. Um, the restaurant had two stars. Uh, I'd worked at Simpsons, which had a star. Uh, I was still pretty young. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, Did you feel like you were going for it then? Or was it just um, sort of like you weren't, you just... I, th- I think, I think you've all, you're always going for it. Sure. Mm. But I think because of like how grounded I am as a person, I, 
I realised that I didn't have a job other than the restaurant I was in. Mm. The guy was quite money-driven. I knew I had to pay bills. I knew I had to tick off things. The guy was like a hawk when it comes to the uh, the GP and the stuff I was buying. Right. So I was under a lot of pressure to make money, yeah. but also creatively, I was under pressure, putting myself under pressure because I, I had also had dreams and ambitions on the style of food I wanted to cook. Yeah. Did I think I was going to get a start? Probably not, but then probably I wanted one. So yeah, yeah. it was, it, you know, it's difficult because what I say to young chefs now, I say, look, oh, you can't try to get a star. You just cook the food you love to cook. But Yeah, it's a byproduct. Sort of yeah. Thing. yeah. But obviously, if you've worked in Michelin-style restaurants, you are always putting your food up against... Mm. The stuff you've cooked, same as like Paul. So Paul's mm. worked, uh, you know, worked for Sat, he worked at Simpsons, he worked at Le Manoir. So, you know, when I suppose when you opened your first restaurant, you took your first job over in Suffolk, was it Suffolk? Yeah, yeah. to Mill, yeah. 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 You certainly must have put stuff on the plate and thought, is this as good as yeah, you this do. place? Yeah, that's, it, that's yeah, the question yeah. you ask yourself. Yeah. Is, it, is this the right standard? Yeah. And, and can, I, can I achieve what my, you know, my peers have achieved? cooking the style of food I'm cooking and you're always putting yourself up against people that you've worked for yeah you know Andreas was a phenomenal restaurateur same as Claude I worked for two chef patrons which I really loved mm-hmm. um, and I constantly put myself up against the standard of what they produced which drove me to do what I do mm-hmm. kept me grounded and I never ever did I ever think oh mine's better than that yeah I'm sure. better than him I'm yeah. better than him I always looked at them above me yeah, yeah and i liked to keep them above me because it always meant i was chasing or pushing to be as good as them yeah and i think that is that self-discipline to say i want to be as good as him i yeah. want to be as i've successful. never made it if i'm always yeah. chasing if, like, and yeah, if yeah. i think well i'm better than fucking him then you're on you're onto a bit of a hiding so i think yeah, yeah. you certainly look at other people and you look at the people you respect and love at what they do and you think i want to aim to be amongst them not yeah. even as good as just mm-hmm. to be in their company Mention in the same uh, in and the I same think breath, yeah. yeah and I do think that is slightly missing from this generation of chefs do you reckon? yeah I do yeah, yeah. why is that then do you uh, think? because it's the instant fame that people want and yeah, the instant yeah. like I'm 24 I've got a star well then what are you going to do for the for the next 20 fucking four years <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Do you know I mean? and there is there's that you know <clears throat> there's that sort of race to be Youngest, it's got to be. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. whether you get it at 25, 30, 35. No, it, doesn't matter. No, it, doesn't. it doesn't matter. It makes no well, difference. What difference does it make to anybody's life if you do it younger? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Fantastic if you do it at 24. Fantastic. Yeah. Well done. Pat on the back on whatever. But it's about the balance of the, the being happy and creative and having that um, longevity of being able to continue to do it at that level yeah, yeah you know and and enjoy the process enjoy the journey and i say it to lots of young chefs maybe because i'm 47 and I'm not <laughs> classed as a young chef anymore although you know the young man behind the cam- camera and the lady over there are both winking at me i mean i don't know, <laughs> I don't know where the air comes on too high, but um, i think it's a scarf it's probably <laughs> <laughs> You get that, did you? <laughs> she go, you smell a curos. <laughs> Pack her a bam. <laughs> um, it's just like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to try and do it instantly. And I feel that, you know, I was talking... You're only racing yourself. Yeah, you've only got yourself to beat. Yeah. Or you've got yourself to better. Mm. And like I said, it, you know, I said it before, it's like, you know, we had a time where there was, you know, there was like... Me, Tom, Daniel, Claude, mm. Sats, um, you know, um, chefs that we met up all the time and we enjoyed each other's company and we talked about food 
and we talked about our restaurants and we ate in each other's restaurants and we gave each other advice and we pushed each other in a positive way that that really rubbed off onto that I believe is, mm. was the golden generation yeah. of of what's happening in food today and I just yeah. think that because we spent a lot of time together as in company and were honest with each other we all became better chefs and restaurateurs mm. from that mm. and I do feel now that it was always competition. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love. No, but it's, it was healthy, sa- healthy competition, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, all, you all got it. That's yeah, the difference. I love, I love yeah, yeah. bits, but I mean, I smashed him in the Great British menu. I mean, but like, this, although we loved each other and we pushed each other, we still were competitive with each other. Yeah, which yeah. was healthy good. competition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. competition yeah. for places yeah. in the team. Yeah. If there's two yeah. places, and I, I liked, you know, I think obviously it's really been difficult because of the the chefs of this generation now with. With what's gone on over the last two years has been has been horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more of the chefs dropping their guard a bit and trying to be a bit more receptive to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Paul, Paul's a prime example. We're doing stuff like this. I mean, it certainly drops the barriers down a bit. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I just, I just, I just, I just think that the the chefs and restaurateurs would benefit more. I'm not saying you know you need to hang out the back of each other. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know I mean? you're just saying to like you know, there's nothing wrong with sharing yeah, yeah you know like you know there's certain chefs have got cookbooks out and they've got the fucking recipe in there yeah. <laughs> so was it wow. scratch and sniff yeah yeah what's the point yeah, you yeah. want to make my bread recipe yeah. it's in two of my books uh-huh. you come to the restaurant it tastes pretty good fuck me the bread's good it's in the book yeah, yeah. and we haven't messed the recipe around so you mm. halfway through you go you know i've just wasted 35 pound on this book uh, I, do, you, do you know what i mean that, that, that completely agree i, yeah. I think <clears throat> People are kidding themselves if they think that keeping their things secret is. People will love you more if you share more. They'll yeah. they'll want they'll want to come to your restaurant more if you share more. Like, it's, 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 it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. From me being um, obviously knowing you like twenty years, but no, being not a generation younger, but just a bit younger yeah, you, than you. Only a clip, yeah. Yeah, only a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> half a generation. No, not, half, half a generation. Yeah. Um, half an ounce. Like me and a lot of chefs about my age, it, there was it was there was always this group of like there was like. Yeah. You sat Simon Rogan, Tom, Daniel yeah. Clifford, etc., and a few others of that that age. Before that, that never happened. No, that it was that French way yeah. of like, no, I keep my recipes, I keep my yeah. staff, I keep my suppliers. Yeah. But that yeah. was when the sharing um, sort of first come about with yeah. you guys, and that inspired me to be like, we should be sharing. And yeah. you know, like like for instance, like our butter supplier, I, that's all he does is make butter. If you protected him and like no one else can use him, he might get bust. <laughs> then we don't get that butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. good point. Yeah, yeah so, so it's like, you know, sometimes, which is difficult because we all want to have individuality, okay? Mm. We all want to be whatever. But if, oh, um, this is a fantastic wine. Uh, oh, you're supplying, uh, you're supplying Simpsons with it. Yeah, well, we don't want it then. Mm. Yeah. more <laughs> fucking for you then. Yeah. yeah. Because if someone went to Simpsons, that the following week they came to Pernal's and went, we had a fantastic one at uh, Pernal's. It was it was a uh, Pinot Noir for such such. Funny enough, we've got a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like exactly. I'm not saying we have to have exactly the same, but we yeah, can yeah. certainly overlap and touch upon each other's knowledge and enthusiasm and love for the job. Yeah, because it only makes the UK food scene or the regionality of the food scene definitely. More interesting, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I think exactly. like, I'm all in, for it. Yeah. Just in sport, like a football team, they have loads of teams have the same formation or same mm-hmm. tactics, 
They're apart from ex- Manchester United, apart obviously. from United, obviously. But they're <laughs> don't know what they are at the moment. Ex- <laughs> I, I shouldn't have brought it up. No more football analogies for the rest <laughs> of the podcast. Um, yeah, you, you, your guys' paths have crossed quite a lot, actually, then, over mm. the last 20 years or so. When did you first meet? Was it you going we, we to... First met, I remember exactly time, when we met. Oh, do, do you? Do you, before he says? Yeah. Uh, I've, probably li- I've probably lashed up to most of <laughs> No, it was, it was in the staff canteen at Le Manoir. I was yes. a commie what, chef. What yes. I was 19, so it's pretty yeah. much exactly 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was a commie chef. I'd been there a couple of weeks and I sat next to Glenn. And we were chatting. He was there on an interview for a two chef role. Two chef and we were yeah, chatting. Yeah. And yeah. He was, I was like, oh, I'm from Coventry. He's like, oh, I work in Kenilworth, Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we chatted from there. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, like you didn't take the job. I stayed yeah. there, got like kicked around for a year. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, move, moved on. And then it'd been a couple of years and then just come into each other's path when I was at the manor and a good friend of mine at the time went on to open Jessica's with Glenn yeah, Simon Samanchi yeah, yeah. I'm sure and uh, uh, yeah so then then Paul came I used to pop over in the day yeah, and that, probably get us. in your way when you're doing these on flat yeah he's come over and see us like, which is- I remember doing, um, I did a competition, Midlands Young Chef of the Year, yeah. and I was really struggling with ideas. Glenn helped me out with the main course. Yeah. Come second, uh, like really right. close to winning, but yeah. I wouldn't have without what was Glenn's the, inspiration. The yeah, did? yeah, it was a, it was, you had to do the best of a lamb, and I roasted the lamb the way Glenn said, and like sliced it lengthways. lengthways I did, yeah. uh, yeah. we did a sage and apricot pomana that you'd showed me yes. in no, a little tart ex- case, cooked on the stove, like yeah, yeah. in the tart, like browned it all off, flipped it over, yeah. uh, shallot puree. And there was some cabbage, and I remember like showing me cooking the cabbage, like making the cabbage all nice and soft and yeah, comfy. Yeah, there's a bit of lemon that. and stuff in there. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember wow, that. Was it? Nice I loved it, that statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was dried apricots, poached in sage and chicken stock, chopped up, like potatoes in this tart case. Apricots, yeah. potatoes again, clarified that, butter, yeah, cooked it, yeah. on the stove. He's like, don't yeah. fucking put it in the oven, cook it on the stove. On the stove. He's still going But like, like, Glenn didn't have to do that. I was just this. Guy popping well, in and sings to what you're just saying, basically. You know, yeah, I mean, along yeah, and, and, I, and I say to I say to any young chef that I bump into that or anybody that's in the restaurant, the guy, it's amazing. I love to know it's about. I say you come in tomorrow if you want. Mm, yeah, what really? I say yeah, come tomorrow. I go tomorrow, and then Paul came around a few times. Do you know what? I am really surprised that Paul has never actually worked for me because mm. he was around a fair yeah. bit. I I, I remember already, wanting to. In, I was like, kind of just, just scared to ask ro- for a job. He's just rocking up. You can just hanging out with us, pre- yeah. prepping your roles. Make, I'd just, come and make tea, uh, do some yeah. little bits and bobs and then we'd have a chat and then you'd uh, do yeah. service because that was when it was just you and Simon. Yeah, two before us before Jason yeah. started, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah. I'm sure I sent some sort of reference for when you got, uh, you were applied for a, some sort of um Scholarship or bursary? It was the William Hepson Stoll Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I'm sure I did some sort of reference or a letter for it. Yes, you did. Uh, and then something happened. You had some really bad food, and then like your insides nearly exploded. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It was in France that was, wasn't it? Was yeah. It what the hell? Yeah, I, yeah, I got E. coli in France. Oh, Come back. And Literally. Oh, I was working in a restaurant in Coventry. Come back. Oh, and uh, couldn't pinpoint where it was, but... I know where it was. Oh, I know where it was. <laughs> I know where it was. <laughs> Come back and we we just reopened this restaurant in Coventry. It had a refurb and it was really busy. And I was the sous chef there. And um, I was a really bad stomach. I was like doubled over with stomach cramps and like just still working through it, still cooking. Like, yeah. just, I'm fine, fine. If you die, you die. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm fucking Sorry. hard, you know. Yeah. And I went downstairs. The toilet was downstairs next to the office. Went to the toilet and I won't get gruesome, but it was sure. blood. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, man. And I went into the head chef, Adam, and I was like, oh, it's, it's blurred light. It's like, fucking what? I was like, yeah, I'll be all right tonight. I'll be all right. Fucking. He's like, you can't shit blurred and work. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we were in shit. Like, well, I'd, some my, chefs would have let you, I think. My, my doctors was literally over the road in yeah. Earlston in Coventry and sent me over there and the doctor sent me straight to hospital. I was there for like 10 days. No I'd way. Eat coli. Really they ended bad, up taking my appendix Whoa, out. Yeah, yeah, I was no proper, proper fucked. I know. remember that because he sort of half scarred me a little bit because I was thinking, <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. like E. coli. In like yeah, a two, it was two Michelin star restaurant, it was, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. If I remember right, yeah, in wow. Leon. Yeah. I've not really spoken about it publicly. He's not, he's, uh, <laughs> no, I have. <laughs> no, but, no, he's, yeah, yeah, no. I don't think I don't be soaking anymore. Well, you fucking shouldn't be. Fucking <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, yeah. I've literally never felt that bad. I was like, because Simon was telling me, I was thinking, fucking hell. Kills you that crap. Yeah, they'd said if I if I'd have just carried on working, it would have been just like like yeah. gone. Out, and, yeah. and then, and then my, my next memory with Paul is so then he's popping in and out, and he wants to 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 do this and stuff. And then he mentioned to me he sent his CV to Sat. Yeah. Yes, Sat that's Bains. right. Yeah. So he sent it to a restaurant Sat Bains or Hotel the Clo, which what, what, what it was. He was Sat Bains, but was then, he yeah. said he changed it? Changed he had, it yeah, and, not uh, long, a year or two. Yeah. And uh, I was in the back of the car. A couple of weeks after Paul had sent his CV and I was sitting next to John, Big John, mm -hmm. absolute legend, John. Top guy. Uh, and uh, I was talking to him and he's on about staff and I've got a few CVs. I said, uh, actually, have you had a CV off a kid called Paul Foster? <laughs> I said, he's, he's, he works at the Manoir. I said, he's... Uh, I've just got back from French Laundry. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, I said, he's, he's done this uh, bursary, this scholarship thing. I said, he's fucking good lad. He went, yeah, I think... I it's funny enough, I think I threw that in the bin. <laughs> no way. I, I, know, I, I, I can't 100% say, but I, I, I remember sitting in the back of the car, you know getting out of yeah. the car. Uh, I mean, John's a big dude as well, so uh -huh. I'm sat there crushed up by the fucking window. Yeah. And I've gone, and I said, no, nah, no, nah. I said, he's a good lad. And then sat guy, I said, he, I said he's a good lad, Paul, he's blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I think then... Oh, wow. I got, saying, I got a phone that, call very quickly yeah, after yeah, from I John. I'm not saying whether I got him the job or not. No, but sure, but it sounds like a big part in it. And yeah. I just sort of, I sort of said, oh, yeah, because he just clicked, he did. I yeah. Fucking, I just sent the CV and he said he had loads of CVs. And she sat, sat was right on the up, and, uh, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then obviously Paul went there and he spent, uh, you know, a good time there as well, oh, yeah, which was yeah, yeah. obviously yeah, a massive turn, turning point in my career. Yeah, massive. And at the time, Sat was, well, still is the guy to work for. And and Paul, Paul did a good stint and, and stuck it out because it wasn't That's an easy good. kitchen either, was it? You know, no, very so, tough kitchen, very high expectations. Yeah. You talk about level. it being tough, but you talk about it being an insane team at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was because it was a turning point for Sat. Not me, I wasn't his turning point, but in the sense that before that, they had a lot of journeymen. You know, everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. who... There was yeah. nowhere else to eat in Leamington or work... Uh, not Leamington, sorry, Nottingham. Not so you'd have the chef that worked in that place, that place, that place, yeah. that there, and they're never going to stay. And you see the CVs. So it was the only time they started looking above and like, let's try and get some people with yeah. some decent experience. And then there was a few of us at the time and H went, who used to work with you, he was there yeah, at the same yeah. time. And yeah, it was a good, good team, it was a good time. But yeah, it's, it's fucking tough, but I loved it. Yeah. So then, uh, then I guess a little bit 
down the road, you guys pop up on GBM together. <laughs> yeah, Glyn was amazing. a judge. Yeah, yeah. what yeah. a roundabout sort of story. Do you have yeah. fond memories of that week yeah. or two you guys were doing that together? And I always thought it was tough for Glyn because obviously we, we'd known each other for years. Yeah, yeah. we'd known Daniel been, for years. You and Daniel basically peers. Then act, I mean, Actar would have been new on the scene, I suppose. So I, so I knew, so I knew obviously you knew Actar from Birmingham. Yeah, from, 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 on a real personal level. Yeah, I'd uh, I smashed Daniel in the arse the year before. Just yeah. get him because he'd be fucking beating himself up. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he still hurts now. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got beaten by a piece of fucking curried fish. Um, <laughs> but like, um, so it was quite difficult for me because I had to send one of them home on the Thursday, mm. and that's like, not oh, I've got to send one to But that was just the rules, you know. Yeah. And you know, every time, a, every time a judge would do anything like that, I take it really seriously. Sure. And was that the first time you'd been a judge on there? Uh, no, I think I did the year before. The year before, but it was early days yeah. of them doing that new format. Very much so, yeah. 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 And, and, and I, I, you know, I was watching myself. You know, you know, Paul's a good lad and he's got a great pedigree. Actar's a really good chirp lad. And obviously Daniel's a phenomenal cook, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well as all three of them are, are great cooks because mm. that's why they're there. And, I, and and every time I had to judge and score it, I felt fucking sick. I thought, did you? Yeah, because oh, wow. cause I, got, I got a lot of respect for anyone that gets up in the morning, does art, dye, colour, and becomes good at their job, which all three of them clearly are and were, sure. you know. So they're there for a reason, not there to make numbers up. Mm-hmm. And to break someone's heart, and at the time it was like, it still is, but like it was such a great... Oh, it really was. Kudos to get so far. It was massive. And it was, a, it was a bit of a deal breaker for your career at one point. Oh, it was so it was important. Huge, well, that, yeah. that cluster of people you just mentioned yeah. basically all did the show at the time, yeah. didn't they? Sat and everyone. Like it was, it, mm. it really was like the thing to yeah, do yeah, at yeah, that like there stage. Yeah. People queuing up to get in there and yeah. I'm thinking, I'm going to send someone home on a Thursday and yeah. be the villain because, you know, and you're onto social media and stuff. If you gave someone, Hucklins just give Paul a six. <laughs> He's <laughs> an absolute arsehole. Oh, I'm never going to a restaurant. You didn't <laughs> taste the food and you're having a go at me on social media. You know, yeah. like, you know, so it was, it was really difficult because you knew that, that, that obviously the country was watching. You knew that Paul is obviously clearly a great chef. So is Daniel, so is Akhtar. And you've got to separate them mm-hmm. because that's the job you've been given. <laughs> yeah. So it is a bit of a, it, it isn't a nice job to do. I mean, yeah. some people relish yeah. that. Oh, you yeah. can tell who rel- people relish it. There's <laughs> some people are loving it. Rubbing their hands going, in here, and take this four and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it was a case of like, so I felt really, I felt honoured to be in the position to do that because I'd won the competition twice, which, which was phenomenal. And there is an element of look for it, that mm. you, the way you lay on the brief, Sometimes you'll bang the brief on the nose and and I love it. Sometimes you'll get it so off that you'd think, well, I, I, you know, I really, I've, I've got the wrong end of the stick of this and I'm just basically waiting yeah. for Thursday to come yeah. to be put out of my mystery. <laughs> so I'm sure, was it, uh, you made the final, didn't you? Yeah, it was you me and Daniel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Axar went home. Was it the Olympics? It was, it was yeah. the Olympic year, yeah. 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 yeah, we filmed it in 2011, November time. Yeah, yeah. I just remember yeah. kicking off because like, I'm asparagus in November. I was yeah, like, this is yeah. terrible. But <laughs> yeah, and, and Daniel just smashed us in with incredible yeah, food like because I, I beat myself up after it and i was like i didn't really yeah i could have changed this or that but daniel's chicken dish was fucking 10 out of 10 well deserved and that's yeah. an easy judge for you because yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah i agree yeah, yeah. So, because you knew them and there was all that but you were you were feeling the pressure of having to deliver the mm. 
did it affect the dynamic throughout the week outside of the cameras being on? Like just <sighs> hanging out or the, re- or the hotels? Did you, or did, were you able to just ignore that? And just we had a few on? drinks, didn't we? A few night, drinks, yeah. and we went out for a few meals and stuff, and we sort of tried to, you know, every time someone <laughs> brought up the competition, <laughs> Clearly I'd turn, wasn't a problem. I'd just turn around and say, what's that? And then just walk the other way. But, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, yeah it, it, I think because of that respect for each other and stuff, <clears throat> It was pretty much, but the funny, the funny thing for me was Akhtar did his pudding, which uh, I mean, if he was here now, I'd tell him when he's going to obviously going to hear on this. It was fucking horrific. It was, <laughs> it was like he had yeah. this fucking. What was it again? I've watched. It I remember last he had. Year. They've the, all been all of those from that. They're on Amazon. They've all been put on Amazon now. You can yeah, I watched them. Oh, again, I watched yeah, them again with my daughter. Yeah, yeah she was Literally loving it. Yeah. Seeing dad on there and all yeah, that. without a beard. It. I was like, what the smooth yeah. dad. <laughs> yeah, she was getting all like edgy because I didn't tell her who'd got through. She was gutted when I didn't win. Yeah, yeah. So she don't like you now because. Does, um, but, but he did this fucking. It was a raspberry sorbet in like a thing. This was when props were like first like coming out yeah, in GBM. There weren't yeah. a thing, and he was supposed to set it on fire. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but it was so cold and Obviously. solid in the in the brass freezer. It was like rock hard. <laughs> like trying to light it, I was like, because me and Daniel went over to give man, didn't we? Yeah. And we we're trying to do this dessert with him. I was like, act tight. It's, it's too cold. It's like minus twenty in the solid. It's not gonna yeah. ignite. Yeah. He's pouring stuff on and going and. Yeah, it come out really good as a show because we all kind of got involved and did the dishes yeah, yeah, all together. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but well, I remember, I remember going to the, you know, you go to that little kitchen bit, and and you yeah. have to ask the, and they still ask the same questions. They go, uh, so do you think it fits the brief? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if you were going to score it, what would you? Yeah, yeah. What would oh, you I'd give it, Jane. I remember, <laughs> I remember getting the spoon and trying to cut the bag. <laughs> Nearly broke the fucking plate. Oh, the biscuit base <laughs> on the, the chocolate. And, you yeah. had to go, and did the biscuit come out but as like, you intended? Like, to be honest with you, I, I was crying laughing. Oh, really? Yeah, crying laughing. He was crying laughing. And he was going, I think I changed the base to be a little bit soft. You're fucking up. I changed the spoon to a fucking axe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it was like so hard. And like, even the camera crew, I mean, the motion was filled like this. Because everyone's laughing. But that really stuck in my mind. And that's obviously when he went home. Yeah. Uh, That, that for me, made my job a hell of an easier. And then I walked away on the Thursday thinking, he's gone home. I'll leave the other two to to, to, to sort that out between themselves. Um, But I remember that dessert, because obviously at camera, we had to talk about it. And I remember me and Daniel just being like, we're not going to... We're not going to do it because obviously he's had a bad day. A this isn't day. a mark of him as a chef because no, he's fucking no, great. No, definitely not. He's a fantastic he's just, chef. It's just not come together. And they were like, "Tell us what you really think of it." I'm oh, like, yeah. "No, I'm not going to mug him off." He's like, no, he's took really him tough. an extra hour. We've helped him out. I'm not going to like yeah, punt yeah. him off it. Yeah, no, and like we're just both just really minimal. I can't remember what it was, but watching it back, it was just like barely said anything. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch yeah. that one episode yeah. now just to see so, if I can yeah. pick up on just, anything. You know, earlier in the competition, you can give feedback and stuff, but. Yeah. There's just no need. It's like kicking a man when they're down. Yeah. And also, like, you, you it looks smug for me. Like, yeah, well, I'm through. Like, yeah, well, you can see the scores as well. Unless he gets like a 12 out of 10. Oh, yeah. He's going home anyway. It's not a deal break. Yeah, yeah. No, not really. And, and, and you, you, like you pull, you have to take a look. You have to be a bit more humble and sort of go, yeah, you know, perhaps he feel he's done it like this. And, and it's the same cliches he used. But, you know, and then I left it to the two. And obviously, Daniel went through with the chicken, which went to the banquet. Yeah, yeah, well deserved. That was like a legendary. Awesome. Dish in GBM still, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it's funny when I watched it again. Like I tasted the chicken, and it cuts to me, and my face goes, "Oh, 
Oh, Jesus. I mean, there was a bit of a fucking, yeah, it's good, yeah. And I remember we, we went out the night before and Claude came out to see us in the pub. Yeah. Um, he come up on his scooter, yeah, and he was like, "Oh, his chicken dish is fucking amazing." He's told me all about. It. I was like, oh, cheers, <laughs> great. oh God, fucking Claude Boz is telling me how right, good it, it is. Right, it was on the wall. It was main course day next day. Yeah. Lastly, on GBM, like in terms of so not even judging, but being a contestant, mm. did you did you even I suppose did you know that the impact of it would be as big as it was? And and little things like you know I remember your creme brulee and the egg yeah. show and stuff, and that is it. You still or have done that? Well, up until I, yeah, I now, can't take it off. Can't take it off. No, yeah. I can't take you it off. Man, you probably it? didn't no. even imagine that'd be the case. When you did no, it well, look, well, look, so so I've never I'd never seen Crabish Menu before, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they rang me up and said, "John, uh, do, do Crabish Menu," and I said, "Well, I don't know what it is." If I'll be honest, it was series three, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Sat rang me up and said, Oh, chief, you've got to do it, chief. <laughs> I was going, I was going, well, I don't really want to go, oh, chief. I said, you know, I, I just, I just about to open, I just opened Pernal. I was just going, you won't get your breath. It, you know, it'll, it'll change your, yeah, yeah. it'll change your life. And I was thinking, Nah. What a fucking cookie, bro. I mean, yeah. changed my life. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a Michelin star chef. <laughs> and, then, and then it was the stage where we had to go through the heat to yeah, get actually did, to, yeah. to yeah. actually cook on the, the, the TV sort of thing. So we had to cook uh, two dishes and Matthew Fort went round to all the restaurants. So this wow. was filmed. Yeah, and yeah I remember. So yeah. it was like me, okay. Sat, Aaron Patterson from... Yeah, Michael Wignall when he was up. Was in that one. I think so, yeah. And then they chose me and sat to cook. Yeah. So I did cheese and pineapple on sticks. Obviously, I didn't do the, yeah. the tin foil. Hedgehog. Yeah. No, I didn't do that. Nah. I, to be honest, you're looking at the standard now, that is a fucking should have. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, no. But like. That'd be the So we went through. So we went to go through that process before we went to yeah. that. And then sat it to me. Glenn, he said, make sure you've got somebody manning the phones. The, the, the minute the program goes out and I was like no. no he said seriously he said because he'd obviously won it the year before yeah. he got the tens and it went absolutely ridiculous after I served a rabbit and pea trifle <laughs> on national television <laughs> the restaurant was full for fucking 12 months Whoa. by that Monday it went out it was full yeah. wow full that is mental lunch dinner and, and, and then there are people's reaction to you as a person was clear, would have been that different they wanted you know exactly. talk to you meet you more and all that yeah, sort of it must mean, have been mental yeah I mean you know you're walking down the street you know people throwing knickers at you <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the men oh, I just had yeah. boxer shorts yeah. boxer shorts some of them would go fast stripes in you know you know and it, it, like and then it, then it was like it was like that, and then all of a sudden, sat the kitchen ring you, and I said, oh, do you want to come on and sat the kitchen? And the James Winter rang me, and he, he said, do you want to cut seat? And I said, I've, mm. never, I've never seen it, to be honest with you. I've never seen sat the kitchen. <laughs> Working on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so then I put sat the kitchen on, and they rang again. I said, I don't want to come on because um, sat the kitchen's for TV chefs, and I don't want to do the omelette challenge because I'm a professional chef and I only cook an omelette properly when somebody orders it. <laughs> um, and it was all that sort of, that. Yeah. That, that, that was that turning point of having to realise becoming a businessman yeah, and saying yeah. to yourself, you don't have to... For the great good, like... You don't have to sell yeah, out. Yeah, but, to sell out, but you yeah. certainly have to slightly look at where you can get exposure to, to them put your restaurant on the map. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were full solidly. And obviously then when the, we you know went to the Gherkin and we... 
you know, we, we did the we did the creme brulee egg, and, and then oh, yeah, you know you got people like Pierre Gagnier and uh, Rene saying, "Oh, this is one of the best desserts I've ever had." All that sort of stuff, and oh, mate, you just go through yeah. the roof, and you know, and then yeah, it, 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 well, it was for me a massive turning point in the media sort of side, yeah, more so than anything, but also to work alongside and cook against people like Sat and have that week in the final with all these phenomenal chefs. Like I met Tom Kitchen, uh, hung out with him for a week, mm-hmm. great chef. Nigel Howard, yeah, provided you with the platform to meet those yeah. people, yeah. 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 And, 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 and it's, I mean, hopefully it still is for, for, for young chefs to, to do. I mean, what was I? I was 30, 31, 32. Uh-huh. Um, and it was yeah, it was phenomenal. Oh, that's amazing. I love yeah. that. Mm. Uh, we've just got some time to squeeze in a couple of other bits, including some listener questions. We've got one from Dina. I think this is perfect timing, actually. Uh, we're recording this uh, second week of January. So best restaurants you guys are looking forward to visiting in 2022? Um, I don't know if you, you got any answers that spring to spring to mind. the top up, but... Of course, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Sorry, being a bit that's tight right, here, right. It's... Oh, let's go away from, oh, the, computer. Away from the computer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is a great opportunity to also talk about your new venture, so in Henley and Arden yeah. as well. Like, what's the what's the deal? So I think I think the first the first restaurant I'd like to visit, I suppose. I had, I had the pleasure of um, well, I've had the pleasure of eating here tonight, which has been fantastic. So mm. if you haven't been to Salt, nice. I suggest you make a trap a, a trip because it Cheers. was fantastic. Um, and it's nice to see a chef patron cooking. You know, not not just cooking on a Saturday night in in you know in the middle of March, but cooking on mm. uh, you know Wednesday night, Wednesday night in the, yeah. the second week January. of January. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's full mm. credit to Paul and his team and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I ate at the Ritz uh, last year, which was phenomenal. But I'd like to eat at More Hall. I haven't eaten there yet. Oh, it's um, great! I had yeah. an amazing meal there before before it got the second star. I was like, such yeah. a good restaurant. Yeah, yeah, they do everything right. Yeah, everything. I like to as well. Um, cool. I like to. Yeah, I really want to go cook. Yeah, of course. Year, well, yeah. Claire's a phenomenal cook and chef and deserves all the credit and stuff. So there's two restaurants I'd like to eat. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, the there's loads off my head. So core, many. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to Michael O'Hare's. I've still not been to the man. No, normally I haven't been to Michael's. So like, yeah. It's just yeah. something cool, different, his yeah, personality. Different. Yeah. Do, you, do you find Completely. it easy to like, um, is it a nice balance when you go out to have a bit of a work head on but also just enjoy it for what it is or do you can you not help yourself but want to dissect it or overthink it i I mean i used to when i was a lot younger dissect everything and and be overcritical in my own mind i would never oh yeah yeah, yeah, you know because it's you know people's perception of food is but for me now i've got a little bit older i just enjoy the whole regalia of what Mm. that chef wants to deliver yeah so this is what paul wants to give and deliver for his personality, for his style of cooking, for what he wants his customer to experience. And that's what I try to do now. I try to enjoy the whole chef's philosophy as well. And enjoy the experience. Just enjoy it, you know. You're at a restaurant, fucking enjoy it, yeah. yeah. And especially after the last two years, you think, fucking thank God I'm in a restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because, don't take it for granted. There's only Mm. so many times you can eat, uh, you know, a plate of food in the freezing cold with people you don't necessarily want to sit next to. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck family. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen you for two years. Thank God for that. (laughs) For the best years of my life. COVID fucking 20 kicking in. Uh, any other restaurants that come to mind? Um, I know from my head, they were the main two, but there's loads. Yeah. It's one of those things that you always have a kind of list in your head, yeah. and the new ones opening every yeah. year, and you end yeah, up yeah. go to these new ones. Like I've still never been to Royal Hospital Road, and it's just somewhere I want to go because oh, I've just yeah. never been, and I know yeah. it'd be amazing. So yeah, I really want to go there, yeah, and I've never even been Le Gavroche. But again, know. fantastic yeah. experience because it's that it's it's a little bit like. Um, 
It's not, it's not meat and royalty. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, it's, that it's, extra, it's, it's such a legendary place. Yeah. I just want to go because I've not yeah. been. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of, if it closed, I'd be like, oh, I never went there. Yeah, well, yeah, I tell, yeah, I tell you, there's it. one place that I haven't been to, which I'm actually embarrassed to say it out loud. Oh, go on. Uh, which I really want to go, and I've been trying to go for the last fucking 10 years and probably longer. I've never been to Carter's. Have you not? No, I've no been, way. I've yeah, been uh, literally oh. three times. It's ace. Yeah, it's really I, 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 I can smell his chicken wings from <laughs> when he takes his, when he takes his socks and shoes off. I can I can smell his chicken wings from the other side of the A thirty eight. So you know, yeah. we're literally, I'm literally a five minute taxi drive, and I'm never, so that is something. Oh, it's the do. classic thing when it's on your doorstep, you don't even think. You about take for it, granted, yeah. don't you? Yes. So I'm definitely yeah, yeah. definitely going to go there before the spring, most nice. definitely. So yeah. Couple right. of nice places, eh? yeah. Yeah, no, Carters yeah. is great. Yeah, I, I've yeah. been a few times. Great yeah. recommendations. Uh, go on then. What's yeah? What's happening in Henley then? Is that how uh, close to you for, for opening up? Uh, so so plan? yeah. So Henley I had a phone call uh, last summer of a guy that wanted to buy the property. Uh, I know that m- m- uh, Mike and uh, Russ had, had parted ways. Uh, the previous owners, mm-hmm. uh, the own the guy wanted to sell it. Contacted me and said, "Look, I want to open this pub. Um, would like you to run it and put some." Good people in there, and let, let's make a go of it. So it's opening in March. Yeah. Um, Phil, who's with us today, actually he's sitting over there. Yes, he's Phil. Uh, he's going to he's going to be taking over as the chef. So Amazing. under Phil, with my guidance, you know, because Phil's worked with me for nine years, so he'll be Amazing. he'll be yeah. the man on the pass. And I've got Pete Casson who ran my bistro, who's going to be the general manager. So I've got a good yeah team. You know, and you know, yeah. Uh, and what is it? Is it still a pub? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. It, you know, yeah. And can you just go for a drink? Yeah, you can go for a drink and you can have a bowl of something at the front and then we've got a restaurant at the back, which is still going to be good, solid, classic pub food using the ingredients and the suppliers that we use at Pernal's, using a few touches that we do at Pernal's to have that little bit of identity. I ain't going to use the word twist. Nah, because, don't you know. Nah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The only time you use the word twist <laughs> is when you're drunk in someone's living room and somebody pulls out this plastic mat with massive <laughs> dots on <laughs> And you spin something and someone yeah. sticks the toe up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I know you the use. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know the feeling. Sorry, I'll cut my nails next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's a case of just like, you know, there will be fish and chips on the menu. There will be sl- some slightly different stuff on there. And oh, it's, cool. not, it's not going to be rocket science. It's just good, solid, good quality food. You know? food. Yeah, no, it's, I can't it's so stone throw away from... Yeah, it's not far at all. Not like far at all. No, yeah. I'll be there. Always looking for places like that around yeah. here that are good at that that kind of, you know, approachable. Yeah, but the, the, And there's not that many around no, here, really. No. So either right up there or... Yeah, there's no bit of... Yeah, somewhere, somewhere down there. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. that's so exciting. So when, mm. sorry, do you reckon... So I reckon about March. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so March time. So that'll be an interesting project going into the, the spring, summer and hopefully with the back end of what's happened yeah. over yeah, the last whatever we seem to brighten up last year around about March going into April May yeah. so hopefully yeah we should be on Beautiful. the other side of it so sounds yeah. amazing can't wait yeah. to go there okay perfect right let's do some boiling point stories shall we I think yeah this is the part of the podcast where both our chefs tells us the real you've got grins already yeah. uh, the exactly. real the real heat of the kitchen so boiling point as we know it's all about the biggest blow ups whether it's been you losing your shit on someone or yeah. Or vice versa. Who wants to go first? I'll uh, pull you go first because just so I can get the feel of what yeah, it's yeah, acceptable. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's acceptable. How many buses hey, you can. Anything is, is yeah. acceptable. And the worst no. it is just 
Leave out names and places, and then you're okay. clear from getting sued. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I do one of these every time. I've That's still got a bank of stories. I've still got a bank of stories. After yeah, all, after all this time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah after all okay. this time, yeah, go yeah. for it. And quite a variety of situations and styles of things. So this one, I've got to be really fucking careful here that really I don't say names. anyone's name. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, so this was. I'll, I'll get straight to the like the crux of what it was. Sure. This was about me and a general manager having an argument because she wanted to pay a black man less than a white woman. <gasps> Whoa! Okay. Did not I'm see just, that coming. Sorry, I'm Christ. just taking my microphone off. I'm about to leave the room, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. So I was, um, there was no structure of pay, no Demi is this with maybe some tears if you mm. grow and then get promoted, chef's party is that. It was always like, a, what do you want to pay on? Mm. And I'd always anyone employed, I'd make sure they were, you know, chef's party, they're on the same yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then you could tear them up. And these people come in as demi chef's parties. Um, I'd recruited them for like part of the business and to bring them through to me. And um, we're having the chat with another senior member in this business. And she was like, so what are we going to pay? I mean, I suggested this because that's that reflects what we are yeah, as yeah, the business. Yeah. And I think that's right for the industry. And she's like, oh, no, but, but I think we should pay her more. And this person was very pro-women, very anti-men, just mm. general personality mm -hmm. and clearly a fucking racist as well. <laughs> um, she was like, no, no, I don't think we should pay him that. I think he should earn, earn it and try it. We'll pay him less and pay her I was like, what, what is your fucking reason for this? And I got yeah, really yeah, defensive yeah. straight away. Because yeah. I was like, this could be on me and I don't fucking endorse this kind of, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. behavior at all. Um, and she was like, no, no, no. Because I think he can earn it. He's not coming from a great place. I was like, even if they were two white men, right? Comparable in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. who they are. He could argue he's got more experience. Yeah. So, so she's coming out of college. He's worked somewhere. And you want to you want to do this? I said I will not support this at wow. all. How did you react to that? And I said if they talk like fucking staff do, mm. like and we get found out, I said we'll be fucking done. Yeah, and I said yeah. I'll I'll have, I'll you know now that I am not behind this, and I will mm. fucking throw you under the bus. Jeez. You are going down <laughs> yeah, alone for that yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. And did she I still? She still yeah, she still did it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That is mind blowing. Yeah. It's not not. That How long ago was that? What 10, 15 years? I can't say because okay. people don't know where it's it is. I'll, I'll take your CV and fucking work it out. I get yeah. that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thread kicked in then. Yeah. It was 13 years and that's, two months uh, ago. Yeah, that, that would link yeah. direct. Somebody could work that out. I'll tell you after. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like, I've experienced um, quite a lot of boiling point experiences where I've watched on. Um, I was tenacious when I was younger. Not as tenacious as some of the restaurants I've worked in or what I've seen. Sure. Um, you know, um, but the, the only, the, what the first sort of real taste of it, I was heavily, a bully, but heavily put under the, under the cosh when I was younger, when I was like 16, 17. And I went to work in this, this the a la carte part of the, the hotel. Mm -hmm. I got put underneath this, this, this company chef. And um, he, 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 I was obviously the chef's blue eyed boy because I was an apprentice and I was like, I was like pretty naturally talented at, at, at the way I was because I've been doing it since the age of 14 and I really felt the footing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he came in from the outside above me and I was his commie on, on, the, on, the, on the meat and fish. Uh, and he was fucking awful he was. He wasn't the best chef yeah. in the world, but he was just an absolute arsehole. Yeah. 
And he was like, you're fucking this here, you're fucking this here, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, fucking hell. And let's just remember, I am from one of the biggest council estates in sure, fucking yeah. Europe. <laughs> most of my life rolling on car parks or fucking playgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he said to me, and it was his freezer, and it must have been this freezer, it was the same size, but the same size as this fucking restaurant. It was enormous, this freezer. Was. Yeah. He's going, 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 got this blackberry sauce on or blackcurrant sauce on with fucking you know, duck or something. And obviously, we never use fresh ones in the reduction. We only <laughs> use fresh ones for the plates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so, so when he, so he was going, go in the fucking freezer and get me some fucking fresh, get me some frozen blackcurrants and all that sort of stuff. Uh, okay, sound like fucking Angela Hartley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, um, oh, by the way, I love you, Ange, because I was, I, was, I was with her just before Christmas, actually. Fucking great fun. Um, and um, so I've gone in the freezer. I'm looking around the freezer. And obviously, he ain't fucking ordered them, has he? Oh, so I'm no. in the freezer. And I've gone, I can't, I can't find them. Chef, he's gone, they're in the fucking freezer. And I've gone, uh, and then the other chef's gone, you ain't fucking ordered them. He's gone, they're in the fucking freezer. <laughs> So by this time he's he, he kicked the machine, he's fucking pushed me into that. And I'm thinking, fucking, I don't want to fucking explode in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to lose my job, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He couldn't answer anyone back, let alone start scrapping me. Yeah, he's like, bite your lip. Yeah. yeah. So he's fucking grabbed me around my necktie. <laughs> Did it you wear a silk skirt? It wasn't red silk then. <laughs> I'll tell you that much, guys. And he's, again, I've gone in the freezer and he's turned around and he's pushed me. Shut the door, he's pushed me. I've gone fucking, I can't fuck it. I turn around and I fucking hit him so hard <laughs> in the fucking nose. <laughs> I broke his fucking nose. Did you? Yeah. Fuck. He went down yeah. like a sack of shit. Oh right? my God. I fucking went back into the kitchen, left him in there for, he must have been there for about 10 minutes. He come back, all blood down his fucking nose. All frozen like a granita. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like he fell on the bag of fucking blackberries. And uh, about oh, wow. two weeks after that, he didn't say two words to me. He left and I got promoted. Oh, so yeah. power to wow. the people. Yeah, so, so the moral of the story is children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of the fucking that? blackberries. <laughs> but, um, and it was just like, and I never. Did I you never... just assume I'm getting sacked tomorrow? For the... Yeah, in, and it's in a little bit. Heads. In them big hotels, it looked a bit like prison. You just say I fell by the wet steps. It was that sort of mentality. <laughs> really? Wow. Name a number. Oh, I've fallen by the steps, sir. It was like, <laughs> and, grass, like yeah. and it was like it wasn't was a massive violence there, but it and it wasn't big and it's not clever. And that was yeah, it was in like nineteen ninety two, I think that mm. was ninety yeah ninety two, and I never really had much grief after that. But sure. yeah, I'm not surprised, surprised mate. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But like, but like, I mean, I've seen lots of horrific things that, you know, really shouldn't have happened. And thank God that they don't happen now. Mm. I've seen, I've seen a chef grab another chef around the neck to the point where I jumped on his back and pulled him with all my strength off. And if I hadn't have done that, he'd probably be now inside because it's like, it boils over to the point and the kid come back for his knives the next day and his neck, his neck was black with bruises. Whoa. So like, not just a grab around the apron. I can't like, believe he came back for his knives. He looked like, they normally go in the chef graveyard. Normally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, like, so I've seen a few things like that. I've wow. seen, yeah, I've seen some different world stabbed in the hand. Uh, Stabbed so, in the hand. So someone's gone to push someone and the old paring knives come straight in. <laughs> straight 
straight <laughs> into the fucking hand. Jesus. And I'm just thinking, wow. So oh, it's not like that anymore. No, no, like, no, no, everyone says that. It would yeah, be front yeah, page yeah. news now. It yeah, would, and, it, and if like, it happened, you'd know about it. And, and like it was always called horseplay. <laughs> Why have you stabbed him in the hand with a pair of knife? Oh, horseplay, chef. It was just banter. Just out of hand. You know, banter. But I've never, and I never condone any sort of. Uh, I mean, Phil's there now. He can tell you. I mean, he's never seen any any anything like that. And I learned a lot from my early stage of my career on not on how not to behave. Right. And I, I talked to my staff about having that mutual respect, but also the discipline that you respect each other that you don't have to do that yeah, yeah, yeah you know just the stare is enough now yeah, yeah. sure you know yeah, do, you, do you remember like the last time you really or not had to is maybe the wrong phrase but you raised your voice you know you got i think there's a slight incident just just before christmas but it was just a, a tray mm-hmm. just got smashed on the pass but there wasn't any it was just my frustration it wasn't anything yeah, yeah know, no there was one person's there thing. wasn't any there wasn't any third parties it was just like the tray got smashed and my face got red and then we just carried on after that. Yeah, so yeah. it's never, because it, like if you were going to have your kidney taken out by a surgeon, he doesn't punch the, the nurse to pass him the scalpel <laughs> because he'd probably take out the wrong fucking kidney. Where's the fucking scalpel? It's such a good it's point. Like, uh, such it's a just, good point. You turn up Vivaldi and say, pass me the spatula and you'd slide on the piece of turbot and off it went yeah, yeah. and that's the mentality you've that's got to have now so. yeah. you don't do you can't control you can't be in full control when you're not in control of yourself yeah and i think that's a massive thing and i early 90s you know my shin was bruised from 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 <laughs> knee to ankle mm. because yeah. i was quite tall the shin kicks <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah so yeah that was that was my taste yeah. of what of what wow. was yeah. different world incredible yeah. uh, really great point to almost leave this before we go we've got some cooking hacks and myths potentially yeah. from either of you guys so any good cooking hacks you can give to other young chefs out there or well, there, well, this, this is this is kind of like wrapped up in a bit of a cowboy type thing oh great love oh, it um, yeah, yeah love so, it um there's an old thing Glenn I know about it like I don't know why people fucking do it but like if someone peels or uh, spills oil on the floor people throw salt down yeah, like, and it what? just makes Why? fucking mess. So I was at this restaurant, and the head chef <laughs> spilled. Do people do that? Uh, I've seen people still do that. Yeah, Phil, have you seen them? Yeah, <laughs> just hot soapy fucking water. That'll do the job. Just right? clean it up. That's it. Yeah, yeah just clean just it. Just clean it up. Yeah, yeah. what you add into it, like yeah. what you do it. So is their mentality like, oh, it'll be slippy like ice on the well, road, it, so I'll put it, salt. It, on. Well, it'll give it some grip, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so you're not yeah, gonna yeah. slip. Oh, so like, we're in this little kitchen once, and I was the sous chef, and the head chef had spilt a load of oil, and it's just before service, and he was, oh, I saw, I saw it. I was like, don't put salt down because it just fucking, it just, we're just wading in shit. Yeah. So he's like, he has this fucking idea. Yeah. Flour. <laughs> He's, He's making like, a batter on the floor. He, he made a fucking room. <laughs> he was like, no, flour absorbs fat. I was like, yeah, but it's still on the fucking floor. Like, yeah. I'm on the sauce and I'm like treading and all this shit. Fucking squelching in it's fucking like, bechamel. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, just very hot soapy. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing. Some degreaser. That is proper cowboy. Like flour. And he was like, yeah, I instantly regret that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just I, this. Yeah, it absorbs fat. Yeah. But it's still there. No, it's talking, just talking about it's not, it, it's not a, a myth or, or, or any sort of cowboy thing, but it's like one of the most horrific things I've ever seen in the kitchen as an accident due to fat on the floor. So in the old days, we'd have a leg of lamb on a banquet. There was 1,500, 200,000 people going. The, the lamb's carved, it's gone through the oven, it's in the flats. 
they bring out the flat, they flick the, the juice and the fat into a pan on the floor to save, to then skim the fat to make some of the sauce as the mm. banquet goes. So obviously some of this fat's flicking onto the onto the floor, it's not eating the pan. And then they had this other guy on the other side of the kitchen, a bit of a Pulp Fiction fucking situation going on. <laughs> so this other guy on the other side of the kitchen who was making this passata for the Italian restaurant, which he used to wank over all fucking day. And it's just tomato sauce, mate. It's just a fucking... T- you're, you're, you're a fucking Dalmio chef. Do you know what I mean? Put it in the fucking jar and get it on with it, yeah? He's even like one of those fucking Muppets he was, because he looks a little bit like Gonzo from fucking the Muppets. He's got this big fucking bugle. Anyway... So he's making he's making his tomato base, and you know what tomato base like as it's fucking cooking and reducing, pops everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's spitting up and mm. then it's spitting onto your hand and it sticks like fucking glue. Yeah. And ah, anyway, so he's making this right. The one guy's flicking the the fat on the floor on the other side of the kitchen. We've got these cranes where we're blanching broccoli, and then we're lifting it in the crane, and then we're pulling it back into cold water to then take out, dress it in butter to ready to go back through the oven for the silver service banquet. Like, so this yeah. is in the early 90s. Yeah. So this guy's come running around, Gonzo has. <laughs> fucking pan of tomato fucking uh, passata. Yeah. Right? And he's got these pathetic wooden fucking shoes on. Oh, the old wooden clothes. Shoes. Shoes. Like, no wonder chefs were crippled by the age of oh, no. no flexibility. <laughs> no no flexibility. They were all wearing those. Yeah, yeah. You, like, they weren't safe. They were so uncomfortable, but you looked good. No, you fucking didn't. No, you didn't. You, you had like, a few more inches. You, yeah, you, know what I mean? you look yeah. like a mouse where they're on the stairs with a fucking strap on. <laughs> <laughs> Right fucking there. Right? So he's come running past with his fucking wooden shoes and his strap on and his sauce. And he's fucking hit this oil. Oh no. And his legs gone from underneath him and he's boiling hot. This beautiful sauce has gone. Sauce, yeah. Oh, it's gone all over his chest. Oh. Oh, shit. And you know when the drama happens and it goes still for that split yeah, second. It goes silent always like. And he's just going, ah, ah, and he's rolling around in his fucking sauce <laughs> on the floor. And the chef who's flicking the oil's going, what the fucking hell's the matter with you? And he's run round to the to the to the broccoli station where it's been refreshed. <laughs> fucking ripped his jacket off and dived in the broccoli. What? He's rolling around <laughs> in the fucking broccoli. <laughs> The uh, right or the cold one, not the hot one, right? Yeah, yeah. Cold, yeah. Cold, yeah. Cold, yeah. Cold, <laughs> so there he is. There's all broccoli and the rest of it, and he's got the and, and then like I've got I'm I'm 16 years old with a pencil moustache, thinking what the fuck has happened here? Right? And this guy has, has come back out. Someone's got the first aid box. Put <laughs> <laughs> a little plaster. <laughs> fucking put a blue plaster over that. Blue plaster in the fucking dining room. Yeah. Um, and he's and he's got this fucking blister on his chest. Oh no! Must be the size. It must have been the size of a good saute pan. Oh right? But the most intriguing thing for me, and this is what I thought about combinations. When the passata hit the broccoli, I thought, that guy's a fucking genius. Fucking <laughs> 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 That is brilliant. Oh. That is brilliant. Bless him. Yeah. Hell. Well, bless him, yeah. And, and, as in, as in, yeah, and for me, uh, that, that resonates for me all of the time. Whenever I see a chef moving with a pan of something, <laughs> I'm instantly looking at the floor for either some form of bechamel, which is half some great stories tonight it's been such a pleasure guys honestly um, thanks again to Guzborns for providing us with tonight's nightcap they are all love, uh, looking forward to seeing you back in their restaurants in 2022 
visit guzborn.com to find out more about their wines and place your orders now. Glenn, thanks so much for coming today. It's been uh, I know it's been a long time coming because we've had a few dates. Yeah, we have. I've yeah. had to cancel one and we've all, yeah. oh, it's been a nightmare, but it's been one of the best ones. So thanks so much. For yeah, thank you. I'm going to just say congratulations, Paul. The, the, the book is fantastic, by the oh, way. Thank you. No, I received it just before Christmas and it's, it's you know, for any chef oh, that brilliant. wants to do the nuts and bolts on actually how to cook stuff, it's, it's a great book. So no, it means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Nice one. Yeah, and I've, I've just had a flick through your book before you came. Yeah, I bought well. it in. So, I want yeah, you to... Paul oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Excellent. Great. Thanks so much, guys. Let's have a little... Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Paul. Cheers, Simon. Cheers. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks again for downloading The Nightcap. And if you loved listening as much as we loved doing it, please do spread the word. Help others find it by leaving a rating and review now on iTunes. You can do that via your podcast app. We'll also find the three previous series of the show. For more content videos, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the nightcap underscore pod. And remember, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe now, where for the first time this series, we'll be putting up every single episode for you to watch. Enjoy.